Morning Glory and Hallelujah, everybody. Welcome to yet another week. It is the 18th day of May, 2020. It's a Monday. My name is Nick, ladies and gentlemen, Big J. Hey. Big J, phase two. How does it feel like? Uh, for me, it feels like uh, phase one. It does. In uh, what way? Well, I, I haven't done anything different. <laughs> um, but uh, for a lot of those people who... Who haven't been able to provide and be able to have their businesses open. I'm happy for them and hope that everything works out in the end. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, uh, as you said, there's it's not going to be like a rubber band kind of thing. Like, there's not going to be instant, you know, bounce back to the way things were. Uh, just because, as you and I have talked about, there's going to be some apprehension about, you know, just resuming things the way it were like yeah. i'm uh, while i continue to support local businesses and restaurants and things like that and order a lot of delivery and curbside stuff uh, i'm in no hurry to sit down someplace for three hours say that right yeah exactly and Me so too. it's going to be one of those deals where it's going to take a little bit of time to go back to normal but here's the here's the thing that i think is important that we realize too that that's an individual you know choice that we of get course, to make of course and that you know you shouldn't uh, probably chastise other people for the choices they're making. No, no, let's, not uh, at all. Let's, let's be, let's try to be like just cool, man. But that's been the argument since this whole thing started. I know we are but... a country that chastises people for their choices. We're a, a society that does this. Well, this is what we do. Hell, it's half the show. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, but that's in jest and in, uh, in fun things, not like in no. a life or death matter. I understand. I understand. I'm just saying, uh, I think I, me, me thinks you may expect too much of uh, the people that we are around. And while you would hope that cooler heads prevail, uh, it has proven itself not to be the case. But you won't hear any of that here. What we will hear, in fact, is some uh, fun. We have ourselves some more quarantine care packages that we're going to be giving away. Uh, over the course of the show today, uh, it's Man Up Monday. We will uh, give you a little bit of action from that over the course of the show today as well, and additional fun and excitement. But we should play some music for you before we get into some important stuff. Let's hear some Incubus this morning. This is Drive here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J on uh, 100.3 The X Rocks. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Well, Big J, believe it or not, there's also some bad news during this whole coronavirus thing. Oh. Uh, quarantine isn't necessarily bringing out the best in people when it comes to tipping. And that's not a good thing. You know, there's a lot more deliveries happening these days, right? Right. There's a lot more things that are being delivered directly to you in your vehicle. And you would think that part of that experience would be, you know, slipping the dude that brings out your groceries a $5 bill or something. And yeah. loads the groceries into your car or, you know, making sure that you tip the Grubhub driver or whatever the case may be. But apparently that's just not working. Uh, according to the data they have collected from websites like Grubhub and Uber Eats and things like that, uh, they say that they have seen more zero tip balances than any time in the websites or the app's history. Yeah. Now... Uh, reason for that could also be that the people that are getting it, you know, there's financial strains in everybody, right? Sure. But that being said, also, you know, listen, if you're if you're jonesing for cash and you're tight around the belt, uh, how about you don't order the $40 order from McDonald's from New Reese? You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, y- y- there are things that you could do to prevent these things. And there are services that you are getting that, uh, you know, dictate common courtesy would be to tip. 
And anywhere yeah. from 15 to 20% is usually standard. And so that's something that you have to say. And people are pointing out the uh, the irony or at least the hypocrisy behind everybody saying, hey, thanks for staying open, everybody, and then not tipping the people that are actually out there doing the No, that tracks work. for what we normally do these days. We're all talking no action, is yeah. that what you're telling yeah. me? On Twitter, people responded to the story by sharing their accounts of tipping workers the best they could despite their own financial issues during the pandemic. So listen, there's certainly plenty of people out there still doing the right thing. We're just saying that they've seen more zero tips than any other time in history. Uh, and uh, and still, Big J, uh, you have the Reservoir Dogs defense, you understand? Where people are outraged by just the simple idea of tipping. And claiming that uh, it's a ridiculous service that they shouldn't be expected to do. Those are clearly people that have never worked in the service industry. Correct. And, and claiming that, that simply bringing food out to the curb should not require any extra cash or whatever the case may be. And so that's an argument as old as time. Uh, I don't think we need to get into that here. I, but I do believe that if you look at the hourly payment for those that do those jobs, that's the reason why tipping exists. Not because uh, the job that they do is, you know, uh, it takes a lot of effort to go from the, the counter to your car. The point is they provide a service to you in a time of craziness that you certainly aren't doing and are willing to do, number one. And number two, are probably getting paid around 9 to $10 an hour to do it. And so there are these things that go into why tipping exists. So you can have that existential conversation with yourself if you want to, but the reality of the situation is we live in a place that probably tipping is a responsibility and you should help out your fellow man, woman. It's just the right thing to do. Right. Pair of Michael Jordan's game-worn autograph Air Jordan 1s from 1985 were sold at auction yesterday for $560,000 American dollars. Man, this was more than three times the estimated auction price. Broke the world record for sneakers. Uh, You probably can thank The Last Dance for that as it wrapped up this weekend, uh, making Jordan probably more popular than ever. But uh, the Nike Air Jordan 1s, these are what makes these sneakers so incredible. The Air Jordan 1s were never released to the public. They were only made for Jordan, so the only way you could have ever gotten a hold of these is if Michael Jordan physically gave them to you. And that's why they're probably pretty damn cool. The most collectible shoe that's out there, and there's plenty of collectible shoes out there. But this is the one that kind of a started it all. B were never released to the public, and C only Michael Jordan was wearing. So if you see it, Jordan ones, you're like, whoa, this is this is from the man himself. Big J, uh, as if the Tiger King version of the television show wasn't weird enough, we may have our Carol Baskin. Have you seen this? Yeah. Nicolas Cage, Joe Exotic, and now Tara Reid apparently is in consideration for the role of Carol Baskin in the fun that is Tiger King. I just can't picture it. (laughs) I mean, I guess the looks a little bit, but I mean, like... Are you going to put on a few LBs? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it just—it's just the the acting that I. Oh yeah, I mean uh, that goes without saying, man. Don't worry about. This isn't Sharknado. This no. is an actual, you know. Right. You gotta actually act. Right. Former guest, the morning after Terry, by the way. Yep. Morning after with what a Nick coup that was. <laughs> and Big J, uh, coming up in a few short minutes, we got your send nude song of the day plus some man up Mondays action. <laughs> 
Man Up Mondays on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Well, Nick, I guess I could take this story in, in two different ways. Let's go with option A. Option A is that I and my wife have have helped instill some sort of independence in our daughters and so much so that uh, they believe that they can and do things uh, and, and, and do work that I've never taught them. Uh, Option B is that I am so poor at doing some of the household things and of the uh, probably easy things to do that they're just like, you know what, we're not even going to bother asking dad to help out on this one because it's going to be a mess. If they want things done, they're going to have to do it themselves. Yeah, so in walks my oldest uh, a couple weeks ago with a, a, a coat rack. Uh, just a coat rack, and, and I'm like, like one of those old school ones, like uh, that stand up like in the no, corner. No, no, the kind you have to uh, put into a wall. Oh, okay. And and so I'm like, hey, hey, what are you, what are you doing with that? Oh, nothing, Dad. It's got a, a coat rack for my, uh, for I don't know what she wanted to put on it, but she doesn't have coats. She's got a closet that she can use. And I'm like, uh, you're, okay, you're gonna put that up? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh God. Because I, I already know I, I would it would be one of those things where, though I've seen some things at YouTube now where I'm like, that might be easier than it once was, but there's a lot goes into this. And then we're, the wife was like, hey, you, you, you probably should make sure you know what you're doing. You can't just go poking holes and stuff. You need to find the studs. And I'm like, yeah, there's not one around here. I get it. I get yeah, you joke. get it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure. I, I just kind of ducked my head under the, and just, you know, at this point, like, I can't take over because here's what's going to happen if I take over. Uh, I'll screw that up. Uh, plus, it's like 90 degrees in her room. I would just probably have a heart attack in there. Uh, so I ducked my head and, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe It was later at night, too, and I went to sleep. So who knows what happened? I really don't even know at this point if they actually got it up in the room. This is a couple weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, no yeah. yeah. And I just forgot about it until uh, <laughs> the other day. And, and so I haven't really followed up with that to see if that went well or not. Uh, the point being that at this point now it's well... but. I'm not known for these things. And so here's the thing. Here's the part that that is, is interesting to me. She has a desire to do projects. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to build and put things together. And we have no idea where this desire is coming from. Uh, it's none of us in the house that, that are enjoying this sort of thing. Uh, so she's kind of taking a keen interest in it. The problem is I can't teach her how to do stuff. She wanted to build a cat patio that goes out of the other kid's room window. And I'm like, this is a terrible disaster idea for multiple ways. No. And and so I said to her, I go, listen, if you want a pet project to do, we had talked about it before, about building a stand for my gaming wheel for, okay? (laughs) And so I I need that coming up here on June 20th for the longest day. So um, we're going to start doing that. And she's got some plans and things like that. So we'll see how it goes, but... Uh, yeah, this is a tough spot to be in. You know your daughter at this point. If you were a betting man, if you walked into her room today, would that code hack be up? Would you? If you had yes, to guess? it would be up, but it probably wouldn't be properly put in. It wouldn't be. It would be. It would just be drilled into the like drywall. Uh, maybe, yeah. Okay. Like it probably wouldn't withstand a lot of coats. <laughs> but she doesn't have any, so you have to worry about that. No, no. I mean, she has plenty, but they're they're in the closet. What she wanted that for, I'm still not sure. Morning after with Nick and Big J, probably your cat patty. Coming up in a few minutes, we got some important stuff, and also we're going to hell. It's good stuff. It's Avatar. 
Their brand new one, Silence in the Age of Apes, here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Always be a soft spot in our hearts for that band, uh, forever and always. Good stuff. Let's get into some important stuff. When news breaks, we're the first there to muck it. Important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Pop quiz, Big J. How many steps are in government, Governor Brad Little's plan to reopen the economy here in Idaho? 72. You're really close. It's actually 64. Oh, wow. Uh, no, it's four. Oh, just okay. Four. <laughs> now, uh, man! We must meet a series of criteria designed to track the impact of coronavirus in the state. Of course, we just hit stage two on Saturday. Uh, now, we have to try to figure out, okay, what needs to be done before we move toward the next scheduled date of stage three, which is at the end of this month, May 30th. Uh, and so, right now, it appears we we're facing a little bit of a challenge in reaching stage three. Of course, the whole idea behind this four-stage process was we'd have to see things trending in the right direction before we do it. And what's the one kind of hitch in our giddy epic, Jay, is the amount of confirmed cases. Now, there is a discrepancy between the state of Idaho as well as the Department of Health and Welfare. They are releasing two very different numbers by a difference of about 200. The Department of Health and Welfare says that we have about 2,500 confirmed cases. State of Idaho says officially we're at about 2,200. And so there is a discrepancy there, which could mean there's some issues going into stage three. Now, stage three is it's okay to have gatherings of up to 50 people. You could also re uh, kind of go about your non-essential travel, uh, meaning vacations can be a thing. Now, listen, uh, it means they could be a thing to and from here. The states you're going to may have issues altogether different than Idaho. Keep that in mind if you're planning on going someplace. As well as vulnerable residents can resume public interactions as a meaning they don't have to stay at home anymore uh, if you have yourself like a compromised immune system or something else going on there. That is what stage three means to the state of Idaho. So there are some challenges and some things that need to be kind of figured out over the next couple weeks before we get to stage three. But that's what's next for Idaho as stage two kind of happened on Saturday. And hopefully uh, you had your, your nice stage two party at home with your loved ones and we're able to go about your business. Kevin Harvick returned to uh, racing action this weekend, as did NASCAR after a 10-week shutdown at the Darlington Raceway. And Kevin Harvick was the man. He took the win for the 400-mile race, which was before empty grandstands, no fans allowed, and they called it the Real, Real Heroes 400, Big Jay. It was dedicated to healthcare workers who were fighting the pandemic. Smaller teams for each car, and everybody had to have their temperature checked and wear masks in order to participate, but they didn't, and Kevin Harvick got the win. I don't they had, know they how it... the masks in their car? Uh, no, 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 like in the, the pit crew stuff. Oh, okay. No. Well, I mean, the car people already have, like, you know, f- filters and air supply stuff going on, so that's... <laughs> but no, they didn't have to... <laughs> Mask on as well. I don't know how it did ratings wise, but it was a live sporting event. Do you think people tuned in, Big J? I didn't watch it. Well, no, but you wouldn't watch it anyway. The world could be on fire, and the only sporting event could be NASCAR racing. I don't think you'd watch it. No, that's not true. Um, and uh, I don't, it probably did okay. We shall see. The ratings come out today. Rest in peace, Big J, to a comedic legend, Fred Willard. What a bummer, dude. Uh, 86 years old. Natural causes. He passed away over the weekend. Uh, just 
I mean, you want to talk about a guy that knocked it out of the park pretty much in anything he did, whether that particular project was good or bad. You're talking about uh, Fred Willard. He, of course, I think, you know, while he was fairly well-known throughout the 80s and even the 90s, I think it took Christopher Guest's movies for him to really knock it out of the park, you know? Like, uh, Best in Show is probably his most treasured character, yeah. where he does the play-by-play, the kind of Joe Garagiola uh, dog show kind of thing, and just kills it. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, and, of course, he was in a bunch of other things. Everybody Loves Raymond. He popped up on Modern Family, but he was in a bunch of Christopher Guest movies, Waiting for Guffman, This is Spinal Tap, uh, A Mighty Win for your consideration as well. And a bunch of celebrities jumped on Twitter and uh, said goodbye to Fred Willard in their own way, as well you would imagine it. So, uh, Hollywood legend, for sure. Yeah, my favorite role was the uh, he was the general manager for uh, Anchorman. That's right. He was. And um, over 300-plus credits uh, on IMDb to his name. It's crazy. You forget he's in everything. What was I... I just watched something he was in like three days ago. It was on Netflix. It was that uh, psychedelic trip movie. The documentary that had a bunch of comedians in it talking about uh, tripping on psychedelics. And he pops up in there and does a couple of roles. It's absolutely hilarious. And he's and he, you know you get I was actually it was I was pretty sad I was looking at it going man he's up there I wonder how old he was that's exactly my thought that happened when uh, when he popped up on the screen but 86 years old absolutely hilarious and uh, certainly will be missed for sure may a flock of angels sing thee to thy rest morning after with Nick and Big J there's your important stuff after with Nick and Big J on 100.3 the X rocks the Netherlands is where we are going for today's We're Going to Hell story. Of course, the uh, coronavirus has affected the entire world. You understand this, right? Yeah, yeah, I get it. And so uh, it is interesting to see how other governments are dealing with situations like the coronavirus. For instance, in the Netherlands, uh, specifically the Dutch Health Ministry has issued some guidelines. Their plan is to be on lockdown until September 1st, Big J. And so uh, they are preparing people for that. They are slowly but surely opening things up towards the later part of the summer, but they're erring on the side of caution there over in the Netherlands. But the government did make an announcement that uh, has gotten some eyebrows raised uh, because the, the ministry there, and specifically the government, has said that in order to kind of, you know, stave off the... The cabin fever that you could be having or the ill effects mentally of being in uh, lockdown until the beginning of September. They're advising all single people in the Netherlands to find themselves a, quote, sex buddy for intimacy among the lockdown in order to restrict the spread of the virus as well. Uh, They do say they want to make sure that they are finding a singular person that they can find as their sex buddy, somebody that they can trust and realize are taking the same precautions that they are. And they want to make sure they avoid having sex with anybody that may be suspicious of having the coronavirus or maybe is out about or whatever the case may be. But they actually released a statement that said, quote, discuss how to best do this together with other residents. For example, meet with the same person, have physical sexual contact, provided you're free of the illness. Make good arrangements with this person about how many other people you see. The more people you see, of course, the greater the chance of spreading the virus. Yeah, the Netherlands has been on lockdown since March 23rd themselves. And so the government is trying to uh, release some information and some advice on how they feel people can combat the craziness of being locked in their apartment. And it's just strange to know that there's a government out there that goes, Hey, you know what? Find somebody to bang. You can feel better. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good advice. By decree of the government. Find somebody to get it on with, man. Survive, no matter what occurs. Right? You do it. But be safe. Right, and that's kind of what they're saying. And it is interesting to see that they're, they, they do realize that, you know what, having physical activity and in being intimate and having that connection with somebody is important. And making sure it's somebody you trust is probably very good advice. But it's just weird to know that there's governments out there that are recommending getting it on during this particular time. But get it on! As we've said before, we've had plenty of studies that say it's a good idea to do that. Uh, you know, you gotta be careful, you gotta be safe, you gotta make sure you know what you're doing, but having that kind of connection when there's craziness going around can sometimes be what keeps you sane, Big Jim. And that's what we want. Sanity. Yeah, can you imagine if we weren't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a pretty good idea. Oh. Morning After with Nick and Big J, there's your We're Going to Hell story. I'm calling somebody out, Big J, a celebrity, somebody we both very much like, but I'm calling BS. And it's happening next on the X-Rock. That is brand new Pearl Jam. It is Super Blood Wolf Moon here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X-Rocks. I usually don't let trivial things upset me, Big J, and I don't know why this one is upsetting me so much. But uh, I have to call a celebrity to the mat. Oh, no. Uh, and only because it's going viral because of how uh, amazing people think it is. But Rumor Willis, you're familiar with her, yes? Oh, yeah. She's Bruce Willis and Demi, uh, well, Demi Moore's daughter. That's correct. 31 years old, uh, posted a picture on Instagram this weekend of her dad, Bruce Willis. And what made it go viral is because she had posted a picture of him uh, in what she said was the original jumpsuit from Armageddon. The orange jumpsuit that you know that Bruce Willis wore yeah. when he was uh, fighting the asteroid with his bare damn hands. I, I saw this. I, I saw the original post. And save the world from a meteoric disaster. Armageddon, if you will. Armageddon, yeah. And so uh, she posted it, and uh, I, I have to call BS. There's absolutely zero chance that that is the orange jumpsuit from Armageddon. And I'll tell you why. Because if you look at any picture from the Armageddon thing and the jumpsuit that he is wearing, it doesn't match in any particular way. There's no buttons where the buttons are in his jumpsuit. The patches, while I will contest that you can take off, there's a bunch of patches on the suit, first of all, that he wears in Armageddon. And I can contest that you can take off patches. They can be sewn mm -hmm. on and removed, mm -hmm. and maybe the wardrobe department wanted to keep the patches, whatever. But there still would be marks there where they were. And there's zero marks. And also, it has a big, gigantic cone uh, over the, the, the neck part where the helmet would go. That, that Even when he's not wearing the helmet, there's a big, giant black cone around it. This is just an orange jumpsuit. And people are amazed that he can still fit in the Armageddon jumpsuit from 1997 when they filmed it. It came out in 1998. Well, I believe he could, his body hasn't changed that much. I believe so that I, as I well. I believe that. I believe he could fit into whatever clothes he wore in 1998. I have zero problem with that. But I do take homage to the fact that there's no way in hell Umbridge. that that is the Armageddon jumpsuit. Now, you saw the post. What do you think? Uh, or did you yeah, not put that much thought into it? No, I didn't really put that much thought into it, but I, I could see where you would think that, yeah, that's probably not the jumpsuit. But I also could see where, you know, with modifications and things like that that they may have done for the movie, that it would look different than it probably normally would. I, I could say that maybe it was the one that he wore in testing and not actually one that he wore on set, yeah. and it's a little bit different, and they wanted to use it for size. All that is fine. But I, I am 100% certain there's no way that that was used in the film that he was putting on. There's just no way. 
So I'm calling him out, and I'm saying it's not actually used how, in Armageddon. How dare you hang out in Sun Valley doing this, guys? <laughs> That's right. From one Idaho into another. BS, bro. No way. Uh, it is amazing still when you look back, however, uh, on our, when was the last time you watched that movie, by the way? It's been a bit. Yeah. Uh, hard to believe, I guess not really that hard to believe, but it was the number one highest grossing movie back in 1998. I mean, I saw it in the theater, and I enjoyed it. I know I did. Oh, man, I, I shed many tears. That's right. Steve Buscemi was great. Space Madness. You understand? Yeah. Everybody gets it. Uh, I forgot that Owen Wilson was in that movie, but he is. Uh, ben Affleck, of course, is in it. Liv Tyler and uh, Bruce Willis and Michael Bay directed it. But it made uh, $553 million worldwide at the box office. It was a big hit. I'm it just was saying, fun. It was a fun movie. It was. It was one of those. It was the summer of natural disasters, if you remember, because Deep Impact came out not Volcano. too long ago. Volcano was right around there, too. We really wanted to destroy the world in the late 90s and get saved by people doing exactly that. That was the big thing. Yeah, look how, I'm looking at a picture. Look how young Ben Affleck is. Wow. Yeah, he's a young kid. I mean, listen, 1998 was a while ago, buddy. Yeah, you're right. That was 22 was, years ago, man. 22 I was just years a little ago. baby. You were, you were young in 1998. Look at a picture oh, of yourself. Morning after with Nick Still and Big fat. J. Uh, coming up in a few minutes. Some important stuff as well as your pop culture smackdown. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J, what does the term telehealth mean to you? Uh, it means talking to your doctor over the, uh, well, computer. But yeah, that's what it means. Internet, telephone sometimes even, hence the term telehealth. It's been around for a while, but it really hasn't been something that a lot of people have used. Well, guess what's happened during the coronavirus pandemic, Big J? Well, that's picked up quite a bit. Pew, 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 skyrocketing. Many patients not able to have the in-person visits because of the shutdowns. It may remain common even after this whole thing wraps up. The increase in telehealth visits, which can include video visits, phone calls, emails, texts as well, has been boosted during the pandemic by the decision to cover them by Medicare and Medicaid and many private insurers, which previously did not cover these things. Now that a lot more patients and doctors have had experience in doing them, it's probably going to remain a lot more used and a lot quicker way for you to see your doctor if you need to see your doctor. Sometimes this whole thing makes me really be like, okay. Uh, I mean, I get it. And in fact, our insurance company pushes us to use it. Correct. Um, and, and I was thinking about making an appointment because of my eye, but I'm like, aren't there certain things they can't really give you a good assessment over, you know, well, just seeing you? Of course, of course. If there's if there's a new symptom or something that is bothering you or something that physically needs to be seen, yes, this is this is there. That's why in-person visits are still a thing, and it's not all telehealth, uh, including for complex conditions. But uh, the, the the issue is that this telehealth thing has been available for a really long time, and nobody's been using it up until recently, just because out of sheer necessity they've had to. The bare uh, necessities. But yes, if you have a symptom or something that you feel like needs to physically be seen by a doctor. But a lot of times, I mean, listen, you and I both have had issues where, like, we've <laughs> I've gone into the doctor for something I was convinced the doctor needed to see, and saw me for 15 minutes and was like, "Here's what you need to do." Do some stretches. I don't need to feel anything. I was like, well, but look at Take two Advil and call me <laughs> right, in the morning. Right. Quit being such a baby is essentially what was said. And so uh, my doctor could tell me that over the internet and save me $150. I'm all cool with that. 
Uh, but there is a thing, and I'm sure your insurance company, if you have it, probably does offer these things. So maybe a good alternative, or if it's a repeating condition and you just need a, a prescription refill or whatever th things need to be done, these are stuff that telehealth is basically invented for. And so keep that in mind because it may be the part of the new normal anyway. Major League Baseball on Friday sent terms of a first draft of an operations manual with proposed rules for this coronavirus delayed season once it finally begins. According to reports, they include no high fives, Big J. Don't you dare. Don't touch each other. Don't fist bump. You can't spit anymore. Get the hell of the, get the bat boys out of there too. No mascots, no lineup card exchanges. Players cannot touch their face to give signs or lick their fingers. Seats in the empty stands near the dugout should be used to maintain social distance. First and third base coaches cannot approach the base runners or the umpires. Players cannot socialize with each other. And managers and coaches must wear masks in the dugout. Terms, teams are asked to respond with their suggested input. What do you think, Big J? I mean, here's what I, I mean, first glance, it's everything we know about baseball is taken out of baseball base. Yeah, yeah. I know, man, the sign thing is weird to me. And I'm like, listen... You can try as hard as you want, but there's no way you're not going to be touching your face out there. Well, there's and, and not only that, but I mean, it's there's also it's sweat. You know what I mean? The sweat is, yeah. is what's happening here. That's going to be on that ball and all sorts of stuff. And so the reality of it is, there's no way that you can pick up any kind of sport. I don't care if it's contact or otherwise, basketball, any professional sport. There's going to be some exchange of that stuff it's going to happen and so the only way this happens is if everybody agrees to be like totally quarantined in some weird ass bubble while they play this thing in one particular location and i'm telling you right now there's going to be some players that are okay with it but a bunch that aren't i mean you got to take them away from their families they're going to have to take pay cuts it's the biggest problem that baseball is facing with this stuff they're asking them basically to live in a hotel not talk to anybody, not socialize with anybody, and be in another separate form of quarantine than they're already in, and get paid less for the job that they're doing to do it, all in the sake of baseball. And then, by the way, if you get hurt, you get hurt. Yeah. Too bad. You know? And so that's why a lot of these people are like, hey, where's the plus side to this? Other than a bunch of people get entertained that are stuck in their house, we get it. But, like, Jesus. That's a lot to give up. I can't see my kids for nine months because I want to play baseball? That yeah. doesn't seem like it's thing yeah it's kind of messed up i mean would you think about it would you would you do your job if they asked you to move out of your house for nine months mm -hmm. live in another state and give you half your pay uh well not half the pay part <laughs> the rest of it's fine yeah okay well still that's that's a hard no from you yeah, no. You wouldn't wait. move to Florida for Especially uh, half your pay? Especially if we've already made an agreement about the financial part of it. Right, right, right. And so that's the beef. But yeah, people are upset about it. It's weird. But when you put it in terms like that, then they go, oh, geez, is that what they're asking? That kind of sucks. Are you ready for a double album from Smashing Pumpkins, Big J? No. Too bad. Nobody is. Nobody wants it. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I You'd be hard-pressed, I think, to me, to find a band that has tarnished its reputation more than Smashing Pumpkins has. To me, I loved, like, early mid-90s Smashing Pumpkins, love it. Like, I mean, I'm convinced that that if they stopped making music in, like, 1999, we would be counting Smashing Pumpkins among probably the most influential and important bands, period. 
in music, especially in that particular era. But for some, but Billy Corgan kept making music, and it has it has not gone well. Yeah, I mean, uh, by all indications, he's a very well. Listen, I we we know people that have had bad experiences with Billy Corgan. Mm-hmm. I've had a bad experience with Billy Corgan. I've also had a very good one with Billy Corgan. It appears that he has somewhat matured, but he still can't get along with all of his original band members, which was the secret to all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's just. The problem is, even when he makes good music, nobody wants to hear it because there's been so much bad music in between that he no longer has the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like, uh, for instance, uh, back in 2018, Shiny and Oh So Bright, which uh, was actually Billy, James Eha, and uh, Jimmy Chamberlain, was a pretty good album. Not great by any, but much better than anything that Smashing Pumpkins has put out in well over 15 years. Did anybody or care? One. No. No. Yes, Zwan 2. What was that, 1997? Uh, awful. <laughs> Uh, and so that was pretty much beginning the downfall of Billy Corgan. But it's coming, and they're already working on another album. Uh, now, a reminder that James Eha and Jimmy Chamberlain, I don't think, are involved in this at all. It's Billy Corgan and a bunch of also-rans that are doing this Smashing Pumpkins thing, which has been part of the problem as well. But get ready. New Smashing Pumpkins music coming, whether you want it or not. Here's traffic. Judging by your reaction, Big J, you do not. I do not. Smackdown. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. And we'll get you set up with a nice morning aftercare package. It includes a 25th anniversary X-Rock sticker and an X-Face covering. All that if you can beat Nick here in Pop Culture Smackdown. Mailed directly to your domicile. You have to do zero work other than answer some pop culture trivia questions, correct? Our phone number is as follows. 208-287-1003. Theme today or no? No theme, No sir. theme. Pop culture is your theme. That's as close as you're going to get. Popular culture. Hello, the X. Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? What's your name? Uh, Pat. All right, Pat. Good luck. This SNL Weekend Update actress has gone on to write and star in movies like Whiskey Tango, Foxtrot, Day Night, and Mean Girls. Oh, Tina Fey? Right, there you go. Nick Pierce Brosnan was actually chosen to be Bond much sooner than Goldeneye, but he was starring in a popular TV series called what? Uh, Remington Steel. That is correct. Justin Timberlake was performing at Super Bowl 38 halftime show for this female singer when a wardrobe malfunction occurred. Janet Jackson. Right. There you go. On fire, man. A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, and Hard Boiled are just a few of this international action star's resume. The stars. The star. Not the director. Right. Uh, I will say uh, Fat. Giving you the last name. What's the rest of his name? What do you mean? Uh, last you name can't remember his name. In Jeopardy. It should be good enough for pop culture. But, but you're... Uh, Chan Wu Fat, right? Listen, like you're that? close enough. Yeah. Chow Young Fat. Chow Young Fat. Uh, right. Fat. Uh, if someone said, this is finger licking good, where did they just eat? <laughs> KFC, man. Right. There you go. What's so funny? Nothing. That's how that's how I got to dig these days. I'm running out. Uh, who was the second U.S. president to appear on the face of a U.S. coin, Nick? Uh, the second president? Yeah. Here? On a coin. Uh, they weren't all released right around the same time? No. Okay. Then I will say... Hmm, there's a lot to choose from here. I'm going to say... Lincoln. No, you're wrong. He was the first. Wrong. 
Is it Washington? Yes. Second guess. Right. Washington. Congratulations, man! You yeah. got yourself. We all got him. We got him. Quarantine care package. <laughs> I don't know my coin history. You idiot. You got me there. Hang on one second, Pat. We'll get you those quarantine stuff and make sure you're all good to go. Feel shame. How about we do a run of headlines? That is happening next to the X Rock. Lines on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Headlines are brought to you by Half Price Friday. Big J, another one going down this Friday, 9 o'clock, xrock.com. We're talking about the Salmon River experience. You can get a full day of rafting there for just 52 bucks. It's a $104 value. You can do some whitewater rafting in Riggins, Idaho, from pools to rapids, everything in between. There's something for adventure seekers of all levels and a great deal. 90% of their customers are either referrals or repeat customers. And once you've tried them, you'll find out why. So check out Half Price Friday this Friday, 9 o'clock in the morning. XRock.com is where you can find it. Headlines are as follows. Not cool, bro. That's nice. Or torture anyone? Uh, not cool, bro. A woman in Washington City, Utah, walked into her kitchen on Tuesday morning and saw a man she didn't know wearing nothing but boxers and eating food from her fridge. What the bleep, dude? Sounds like the life. Rebecca Collette says she had no idea how the man entered her home. There was no clear point of entry. She says he was very quiet and not aggressive at all, and he exited the home out her back door when she told him to leave. Collette says she went into the basement to find his shoes, found a sleeping bag, a bunch of pillows, and a bunch of her food laid out. So she's really not sure how long the man had been living down in her basement, but he'd been living there a bit. Police arrived, arrested the suspect. His name is Paul Swidler. Nice. (laughs) Who had an active warrant out for his arrest. He's facing felony burglary and forgery charges, and you could probably add another burglary charge to that, if you like. So you can't just walk into somebody's house and set up shop in their basement, guys. Not okay. And certainly you can't help yourself to their food. <laughs> like you live there. Hey, Rumi. Right. Do something around the house. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, you know, my bathroom was always clean. I could never figure out why. Thought I had a homeless guy. I thought it cleaned itself. That's nice. Or torture anyone? Torture anyone? British charity Caldwell Children provides practical and emotional support to children with disabilities and it's seeking volunteers to walk barefoot over Legos to raise money for them. They're calling it the first annual Lego Walk. It takes place on May 31st, and the charity has teamed up with UK Firewalks to create a pre-recorded instructional video to show volunteers how to safely walk across a pile of Lego blocks. The event is expected to be live-streamed on their website. They want to raise a bunch of money for some kids and do a little pain in the process. Anybody who's accidentally stepped on a Lego or several of them will let you know it ain't fun. No. I'd almost rather do the Firewalk than walk across a bunch of Legos, to be perfectly honest. Because that you've seen people do. I don't think I've ever seen this kind of stuff. Seems bad. Right. But uh, to those that are doing it and for a great cause, I say good job. But it sounds painful. Wrap it up with That's Nice. This is both unusual and touching. Carter Hesh has an artificial leg. But he also surfs. You see, he's from Panama City, Florida. He wasn't going to let the leg get in the way of him not taking some waves. You understand? Yeah. But on Monday, his friends tagged him online in a story from the Panama City News Herald about... The fact that uh, a prosthetic leg had been found at St. Andrews State Park. It turned out, yep, it was his. Hess was surfing and lost his leg during one of his wipeouts. Just came off. He uh, found out that it was he was a month ago he was surfing and that's when he lost it. But it turns out a 13-year-old kid recently found a leg while he was diving and treasure hunting with his father, who then started an online campaign to find the owner and return it. 
After contacting them online, Hess met the kid and his mom. He got the leg and he took him out to dinner. Look at that. Nice. Thanks for my leg. Have a burger on me. My leg! Hey, listen, those prosthetic legs, they're not cheap. Oh, yeah, no kidding. And so to find them and to make sure it's yours, that's great. It's good. Gonna have to find another way to keep that thing on when you're surfing them. Morning After with Nick and Big J. You're up to date on everything. There's your headlines. Corn, can you hear me here on the morning after with Nick and Big J? And Big J studies once again proving something that's really, really weird. Yeah, uh, this uh, study here argues that similar to a lion's mane, a human's beard could help protect him against deadly attacks by absorbing forces directed to the jaw. So basically, the beard serves as a cushion for somebody getting jaw jacked? Yeah, the study authors argue that hairs in a beard would collectively diffuse the force of a blow and may uh, have evolved in response to the need to win male-to-male battles. (laughs) Supported by a growing body of evidence that hints human skeletons and muscles evolved to support specializations linked to male fighting. Their experiment showed that bearded test items absorb nearly 30% more energy than the items that were uh, sheared or plucked. I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> it's going really, really far, man. Uh, so uh, if the same is true for human facial hair, then having a full beard may help protect vulnerable regions of the facial skeleton from damaging strikes such as the jaw. Presumably, full beards are uh, also reduce injury, laceration, and contusion to the skin and muscles of the face. Look at that. Now, uh, we haven't talked about this very much. Uh, you get into fights back in the day? Like physical no, no, fist no, fights? A couple a times. A couple of times. Gotten punched in the face. Uh, right. Have you been jaw jacked clean shaven? Yeah. Have you been jaw jacked with a beard? I uh no. No? no. Not not since no. having a beard, you've never been jaw jacked. No, are you crazy? Who would think to try that? <laughs> well, probably the same people that jaw jacked you and you were clean shaven. They'd probably see the me bearded and be like, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> That's where the real defense comes in, okay? <laughs> people like bearded men are terrifying. Don't want to touch well, certainly to small children. You've proven that time and time right. again. But it is interesting uh, to do some field research. I'm not buying it. It hurts 30% less, however, if you get no, punched in the face. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I realize they're probably talking about like a big, full kind of bushy beard and maybe, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I suppose it can take a little bit, but not 30% of the shock. There's just no way, right? It's ridiculous. Yes, it is silly. It is silly. It's but out of control. Uh, you want to do some field research? No. Huh? No, I'm done with that. <laughs> No more field research. I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, a couple blows to my face, my neck is a mess. I don't know what That's happened. true. We don't want to... That thing might pop right off. You have been... Well, hang on. Did you have a beard when the uh, the young lady came in and punched you with the... Uh, we got was a, a little bit of, somewhere. It was a little bit Maybe. of a beard, right? Kind of yeah, like the beard yeah. you have now. Like a trimmed beard I think you yeah, had. But did, it did not... <laughs> it didn't feel good? I no. know it didn't feel good. Uh, that We talked about that for several days afterwards. When you got punched in the face in the studio here. That was never uh, a lot of fun. Ah, the good old days. Ah, yes. We we would not do that these days. It probably screwed up your neck more than we ever thought. Morning after. Thank goodness you signed that form. Morning after with Nick and Big J. We got some bad impressions next on the X-Rock. Big J on 100.3, the X. Yep, and we'll hook you up here with the morning after care package that has yourself a 25th anniversary x-rock sticker in it and an x face covering all for you if you can figure out bad impressions our number is 208-287-1003 
Give us a call if you'd like to play Bad Impressions, which works like this. Big J has got three clues written down. It all revolves around somebody pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is in three clues or less, then congratulations. That care package is coming to you via the mail system, which we're using, Big J, to mail out things. Hello, The X. Yeah, how you doing? We're hanging in there, man. What's your name? Chris. All right, Chris. Good morning and good luck. You're up first. I won an Oscar for my role in the movie Monsters. Uh, next one. I'll be coming back in both Fast and the Furious and Atomic Blonde sequels. All right, let's go one more. I won't be in the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road as Furiosa. Oh, man. I have no idea. Oh, Chris, nothing? Nope. All right, Sorry. Man. Stay safe. Have a good one. Hello, the X. For shame. Hmm. Hello? Click, click, Hello. click. Yeah, you're up next. What good? Do you need the clues again? Yeah. All right. Uh, I won an Oscar for my role in Monsters. Monster. No S. Monsters. Inc. Next one. I will be coming back in both Fast and Furious and Atomic Blonde sequels. I. I don't know. Oh, man. Give him the third one, just in case. I won't be in the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road as Furiosa. Vin Diesel? It is not the lovely, beautiful Vin Diesel. Boy, I would pay to save Vin Diesel as Furiosa, though. I'll tell you that right now. Hello, the X. That's quite the transformation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. i got to put the Treasure Valley out of its misery. And the answer is... Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron is correct. Good job, man. Hang on. We'll get that care package out he, to he you. He gets nothing. Whoa. Why is Charlize Theron in the news? Uh, Charlize will not be in the next Mad Max movie, Nick, which is going to happen according to George Miller, who uh, just recently had been talking about uh, the uh, sequel and a prequel. Basically, uh, he actually had confirmed that he's working on a project. He had put together a screenplay pretty much to help Charlize for Mad Max Fury Road called Furiosa, and they're going to make that into a movie. Unfortunately, the fact it's a prequel means Charlize will not reprise the role at this time. Miller told the Times that he did not consider trying to de-age the star of the movie, but ultimately decided against it. So he's thinking about it, but, uh, quote, for the longest time, I thought we could use CG de-aging on Charlize, but I don't think we're nearly there yet, despite the valiant attempts on The Irishman. I think there's still an uncanny valley. Everyone is on the verge of solving it, particularly Japanese video game designers, but there's still a pretty wide valley, I believe. Of course, he's not seen any of the Marvel movies. Uh, no, and I mean, does Charlize need to be de-aged? She still looks exactly the same. Yeah, I don't know how old. Well, we don't know how I far guess. back. Like, I mean, it, but it then goes. you know. But also, uh, I don't know. I think I just saw the the oral history of Mad Max Fury Road that they wrote uh, with Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron, and. I don't think they would do another one, even even if they wanted to. It sounds no, like he's they, still making it. I understand. I'm just saying, even if he wanted him to do it, I don't think Tom Hardy or Charlize would sign oh, on to oh. work with him again. It sounds like everybody hated each other on that movie. They had a terrible time making it, but it was a brilliant film. You know, it was one of those deals where George Miller. I mean, nine years it took him to put it all together. Yeah, mediocre. It was it, it was awful <laughs> to film and shoot, and it sounds like it was torture. And Charlize and Tom hated each other, and they both hated George Miller. And so I don't know if anybody would be willing to work with each other again. That being said, Fury Road is a fantastic Yeah, it's amazing. And Black and white or color. Doesn't matter. Make, take your choice. Still great. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your bad impressions. We'll wrap up the show here next on the X-Round.
Pop Evil and Footsteps is what's going to wrap up the morning after with Nick and Big J here on this Monday morning on the X Rocks. Thank you for hanging around with us. Lots of stuff happened on the show today. Celebrated the life and music of Chris Cornell early on. Found out Big J's daughters don't talk to him about anything when it comes to manly stuff around the house. Which is probably the best course of action. Sure. Found out the Netherlands wants you to have sex buddies. Uh, called Bruce Willis a liar. All sorts of stuff happened over the course of the show today. So thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate the effort. We'll see you tomorrow morning. But it does leave you, Big J, with the floor. Yeah, 40 years ago today, Nick, uh, Mount St. Helens exploded. I uh, There's not years. much I remember about my childhood, like being a young, young child. But I remember I had a, a Mount St. Helens erupting t-shirt that I wore constantly had like a cartoon volcano on it and it said mount st helens blows its top and and that's what it had on there i remember that that with 57 people dying uh during that uh thing that's not something that would happen these day and age correct they wouldn't have a three-year-old wearing a uh a a volcano eruption based on the death of 60 people you're right yeah uh bad bad (laughs) three-year-old me was oblivious to the deaths uh, exactly, and uh, but uh, you know the pictures are incredible. It just uh, it was a crazy time, and, and uh, we haven't really seen a natural disaster quite like that around around these parts. Thank goodness, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who needs uh, that? Although uh, they do say that when Yellowstone goes, it's game over. Well, and it was preceded by an earthquake. Yeah. So uh, keep that in mind. All these earthquakes around. <laughs> Kiss our asses goodbye. <laughs> Find some Jesus. <laughs> this. You have the floor turned real dark all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, people need to take stock, man. Or have you begun the hoarding and the prepping and stuff like that? No. All right. I do remember at one point you were planning a Middleton bunker. That no longer is the case. I ran out of money. (laughs) Yeah, I know the feeling. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will see you tomorrow. Have a good one. It's the X-Rock.